You know, reading my writing out loud has always been part of my writing process, stemming back to my time at the CIA. I always heard in my head the sentences that I wrote with a particular rhythm. It was actually incredibly liberating to provide that rhythm in the audiobook. I had no idea what to expect. I had no idea if my reading voice would be worth listening to. Welcome to This is the Author, where authors talk about narrating their audiobooks. In this episode, meet former CIA spy Christina Hillsberg, Stanford University professor of psychiatry Carl Dyseroth, and Brennan Center Fellows director Theodore R. Johnson. Weaving personal stories with academic and professional theories, these authors share decades of insights into human minds and relationships. Hear Christina Hillsberg on parenting from a place of strength, Carl Dyseroth on personal rhythms and the power of words, and Theodore R. Johnson on his favorite ways of engaging with books. Enjoy. Hi, this is Christina Hillsberg, co-author of Licensed to Parent. I was inspired to write Licensed to Parent because of my husband's unique parenting style that I noticed from the very first moment I observed him interacting with his three kids. I knew right off the bat that his style was a stark contrast from the helicopter parenting that's so prevalent these days. You know, I was hesitant to adopt some of his techniques at first, but when we had our first baby, that's when it all came together. I got on board, and we began to formalize and solidify our parenting style together, drawing on both of our experiences at the CIA. I found that using these skills has helped ease my anxiety, and it allows me to parent from a place of strength instead of fear. And we're hopeful that by sharing our experience and our parenting techniques, that it can help other parents feel more confident about how they too can raise self-sufficient, resourceful kids ready to take on whatever the world throws at them. If I had to describe my experience recording my audiobook in a few words, I would say it was an out-of-body experience. You know, reading my writing out loud has always been part of my writing process, stemming back to my time at the CIA. But hearing my words, knowing that it's an actual book, is pretty wild. I realized I had trouble pronouncing words that I didn't even realize, because when you stare at so many words for so long, you forget how to say normal words. <laughs> like, is it aforementioned or aforementioned? And so then that's when you need the help of your director. I'm proud that I was able to relive the story of how my husband Ryan and I met at the CIA, specifically so that our kids can hear our story in our own words, and so that long after we're gone, our kids, our grandkids, and great-grandchildren can hear the story of how we met and how we blended our lives together and created this big, beautiful, blended family. If Ryan and I weren't recording our own audiobook, we would cast our dream team of either Kristen Bell and Dak Shepard or Meghan Markle and Prince Harry. And now, here's a clip from our audiobook. Contrary to popular belief, James Bond is an absolutely terrible spy. 
The primary goal of espionage is to gather intelligence clandestinely so that no one knows it's being done. Rather than shooting up a city or leading an elaborate car chase, the best spies in the world operate in the shadows, quietly stealing state secrets from around the world right under the noses of foreign governments. Quite frankly, if a spy has to pull out his gun or someone is chasing him, he's done something very wrong. Hi, this is Carl Dyseroth, author of Projections. I wrote my book as a psychiatrist who wanted to convey the mystery and the fascination of the nature of our internal feelings, how they work, how they can go wrong in disease, and how modern neuroscience is giving us some insight into these very deep and very mysterious questions. The book brings together probably more than 20 years of experience and thinking and research and the accumulation of, of insights and ideas about the brain. At the heart of it all is human feeling, my own and my patients, and the essential mystery of what it is to feel something. I'm a psychiatrist and a neuroscientist, and I'm in an engineering department, but my first love was writing, and I was always intrigued by the power of words to stir feeling. For me, coming back to that original question and original love is one of the most exciting things about this book. If I had to describe what it was like to record my audiobook in one word, that word would be rhythmic. For me, it was really a wonderful thing because I always heard in my head, the sentences that I wrote with a particular rhythm that was impossible to create with punctuation on a sheet of paper, it was actually incredibly liberating to actually provide that rhythm in the audiobook. And so, yeah, rhythmic is the word. I realized I had trouble pronouncing a few words that I'd only seen written. One of them was arboreal, living in trees or coming from a tree. It was a word that just hadn't come up in my life in spoken form before, arboreal. I'm really glad that I was able to provide the reading of this book for a number of reasons. First, it's got such a combination of personal rhythm in the diction and the sentence structure that I can't imagine it being clear enough to anybody else what the sound was supposed to be. and. Also, of course, there are a lot of words that come from the science or medicine or from human history, from anthropology, from literature, where the pronunciation of them and the providing the right emotional tone to them was pretty much unique and special to what I was able to provide. So I was glad to do it to provide that necessary color and diction to these very special and unusual words. If I were not the one recording my audiobook, I would actually like the casting to be of Steve Martin. He is, of course, a very well-spoken individual, witty, but he also loves literature, a great writer, and so maybe he would appreciate some of my unusual word choices. <laughs> so yeah, Steve Martin. And now, listen to a clip from my audiobook. In the art of weaving, 
Warp threads are structural and strong and anchored at the origin, creating a frame for crossing fibers as the fabric is woven. Projecting across the advancing edge into free space, warp threads bridge the formed past to the ragged present to the yet featureless future. The tapestry of the human story has its own warp threads, rooted deep in the gorges of East Africa, connecting the shifting textures of human life over millions of years, spanning pictographs backdropped by creviced ice, by angulated forestry, by stone and steel, and by glowing rare earths. Hi, this is Theodore R. Johnson, or Ted, author of When the Stars Begin to Fall, Overcoming Racism and Renewing the Promise of America. I wrote my book because of two things, really. The first was I was a bit concerned about the state of the nation over the last decade or so and feeling like things were coming apart at the seams a little bit faster and more intensely than in decades prior. So that caused me to think about the cause of the fraying of the nation's fabric and what could be done about it. But there wasn't a moment that inspired it. And frankly, as you'll see in the book, it is a journey of small discoveries that happened over the course of my life that I tried to stitch together in a way to both tell the story and to prescribe a way forward for uh, how to renew the promise of the country and feel a little bit better about the nation that we're going to leave behind to the next generation. If I had to describe what it was like to record my audiobook in one word, that word would be daunting. I had no idea what to expect. I had no idea if my reading voice would be worth listening to. And frankly, I was most worried about enunciation and ensuring I got the words correct and that I was able to convey a sense of emotion without feeling too familiar. I wanted to be a little bit more stark than casual conversation, but not so serious as to take the gravity out of some of the more emotional moments in the book. I realized I had trouble pronouncing a lot of words that I'd only read and have never said out loud, like M-O-R-E-S, Moors is how I've always read it, but mores is apparently the proper pronunciation posthumously, which is how I always read it, which of course is posthumously. This reminds me of a boss that I had who used to read the word misled as misled because as a child, he'd never heard it pronounced before and that's how he saw it in books. And so it wasn't until he went off to college that he learned misled was not pronounced misled. I think I had about 10 of those moments in the course of the book. I'm proud that I was able to weave all of the very dense academic theory and historical and political analysis alongside some pretty tender and emotional moments of my family's story and even my personal life. That is not easy to do, especially when those sections abut one another. So you're trying to convey this really deep thinking you've done, this analysis, this integration of academic theories, and then at the period, there's a break, and now you have to go to this place where you're 11 years old or this place where you're 23 years old in in military training, that shift in both voice and tone, it came naturally, even if it wasn't easy. And so I'm kind of proud of being able to make that transition, and hopefully it comes across seamlessly. If I wasn't going to record my audiobook, I would cast, and of course, you know, Morgan Freeman is probably everyone's answer, and so I won't say that. 
But I think this answer may be a little unorthodox, and maybe some of your readers don't know who this is, but Lorenz Tate, I think, would be the person that I would cast. All of that is due to two things. One is the range of characters he's played in a number of movies that define my 20s. And the other is my favorite movie of all time is Love Jones. And Darius Lovehall, who Lorenz Tate played, was an author. And so I just like the arc of that character, the range of Tate's acting skills, his abilities, and I would love to hear his voice sort of read through some of the narrative pieces of my life, but also sort of sharing the scholarship that went into it as well. The last book that I read that I loved was, I would have to say, Homegoing. This is a book that covers centuries about two sisters in Africa who, through their descendants, eventually reconnect in a very odd way in America at, I think it's Stanford University or maybe somewhere in the Deep South, centuries later. And it's just a really powerful tale of migration, of destiny, and the way stories carry on through the generations. My favorite place to either listen to audiobooks or to read is in a den that I've got in my house where there's no media at all. There's just books and couches and a table and four windows that face our front yard. And so lots of natural light, zero distractions, and it is always where I go to read. And now I hope you enjoy this clip from my audiobook. I was 12 years old the first time someone called me a nigger. It happened one autumn morning as I and my friends, four white boys and Marcus, a black kid who had just moved to an adjoining neighborhood, trekked through our predominantly white suburban community nestled in the Piedmont Plains of North Carolina. We walked the same route to school every morning past colonial homes with brick facades, plush green manicured lawns tucked between sidewalks and country porches, and small dogs bravely yipping from bay windows. This is the Author is a production of Penguin Random House Audio. Thank you for listening. For more behind-the-mic content and audiobook recommendations, visit www.penguinrandomhouseaudio.com slash next listen.